God, we are so blessed by your love for us. As we stand in your love this morning. As we stand in the presence of the living God, of our Lord, our Savior, our friend, who loves us so deeply. I pray that we would receive your love this morning. As Josh said, regardless of what we think of ourselves, what where we've been this week, the things we've said or done or thought, we know that in this moment we stand in the love of the Father, in the love of our Saviour Jesus. We thank you for loving us, God. For loving us so completely, so entirely. And we declare our love for you today. We love you, God. Amen. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Caring Bar. It's great to have a room full of Kingsway, Sea Change, Caring Bar, Janaliites. That is how we sum us all up. Um, but yeah, it's great to have both of our Sydney campuses in the room. A little disappointed we couldn't fly out our Cambodia campus. Uh, would have been great to have them in the room with us this morning as well. Um, but it is good to have you here on this pretty special day for us as a group of churches. Um, you know, a day where we want to really give to God our hearts, our prayers, our lives to Him and His mission and the partnerships that He has called us into beyond ourselves. It's so important that we as a community of faith have a view and a worldview and a vision beyond the walls of our buildings here in Sydney. And it is exciting today that we're going to hear from the three partnerships that we are supporting financially this year. Very excited to have some of our friends from Hands at Work with us this morning who we've been in partnership with for actually many years now. Uh, looking forward to hearing from them. We're going to have a little video uh, from our Cambodia campus just checking in with us, which is always exciting, and then Kingsway Community Care, uh, our local mission on the streets here, which is also very exciting. And Steph's here to share some wonderful things with us, I'm sure. So I'm going to get Jenny up. She's our first this morning. She's going to come and share with us about what God has been doing with our partnership with Hands at Work. So thanks very much, Jenny, and thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you. That would be great. Yep. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for having us here. Really appreciate it. So this... That's loud. <laughs> so yes, thank you. So just about two weeks ago for myself, um, I arrived back after spending two to three weeks over in Zambia in Hands at Work. So I'll just tell a, a few stories about our time there and also 
um, yeah, the challenges that God gives us each time I go over there. So in 2009 was the first time I went over there. And myself and my family, God changed us in a huge way. Um, my, youngest set, my youngest son, who was only about 15, actually said then, I feel like I've made a difference in somebody else's life, you know, and it just impacted him greatly and gave him the opportunity to see that even as young 15, 16, 17-year-olds, how we can make a difference in other people's lives, that it isn't just all about us. Um, and so I'll tell you a little bit more about hands, but one of the verses that was coming up today and... I'm sure all of you are aware of it or have heard of it before, but just the challenge again to us from James 1.27, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep from being polluted from this world. It is such a stark difference of what we have here in Australia and what we have in other countries like Zambia or even just speaking to Jenny with her, what's going on in the Middle East and things. But with Hands at Work, our vision for us with Hands is that the local church there, we come around them and we are like a support for them. But we want the church within Africa itself effectively caring for the dying, the orphans and the widows that are over there. So what your funds do for hands, your support for hands, and so it's not just about your funds, but it's also about your prayers. We definitely need your prayers as well for our care workers, for our kids that you are looking after is the first one is the three essential services, is the food, education and basic health care. And including in that is even just visiting, we do holy home visits, going out and visiting our kids. Um, making sure that their homes are safe for them to live in. Because some of them, some of them might have lost both parents and it might just be an old go-go that's looking after them. Sometimes we've had families where it is just older children looking after their younger children. And so um, that's why we go out and make sure that there is protection with their homes, that they've got locks on the doors, that the house isn't leaking. The other provision that we give is in winter when it's freezing cold, we put on our heaters. Over there you can't do that. There might be a fire that might set up outside, but they need their blankets, you know. Um, as well and but it's also the other things that have been included we have a what we call a life centre or a care point where the children come and we provide for them a meal each day um, you can put some photos up if that's alright that'll be great, thank you so this is at the care point that you support, Mount Moriah so these are young children here that are just having their meal for the day. So they come each day for a meal. One of the programs at, at to the care point, one of the programs that we've been starting over the last two years is that we're also providing for children between the under fives is what we're calling it. Before it was just from school age up, 
but we're realising the importance of the under fives, that they get their nourishment. If they don't get their nourishment, then their physical and mental development is lacking greatly, which is something I think we've all learnt over the years. The other thing that we're doing is youth development program for the older children. What are they going to do when they leave school? And it's encouraging them to make wise decisions, teaching them about Jesus, going deep with them and leading and guiding them, getting them, um, so the young men, helping them to do building work and carpentry and things like that, and women with gardens and to grow things. Um, what we're also doing is having relationships. So we have care workers that come around these children that go out and visit them each week. Um, they are appointed to different children and they go out and make sure that things are going well for them in their home, as I said before. But then we also need that the care workers are supported as well. So they come together and they have their relationship groups with one another each week to be able to discuss problems that they might be having, but also going deeper with Jesus, getting to know the Jesus that we know. Um, sorry. So, and then we also, and these are mainly African people that we have, like it's the internationals only coming in as a support. So we have your child, we have your care workers that are volunteers there. And then we have a, like a service centre which looks after a couple of areas. Um, looks after a number of communities. But mainly what I wanted to discuss is just the, like Mount Moriah, what's happening there on the ground. So, sorry, were the three photos actually shown there? Yeah. So this is obviously the... Um, our care workers, some of our care workers that are making the meal for the day for the, for the children. Um, it's tough. It's on a fire and <laughs> anybody else that's gone around there to try and stir that pot with the, what they call pap, which is a maize meal that they give them each day, it's, it's very hard to do that. Um, and they might have some beans as well that go with that, some spinach. Spinach is an easy one of the easy things that they can grow in their gardens. But again, it just depends on the rains that they get. They depend on that rains yearly. If they don't get the rains, it's that, that's their food supply. Then they're in desperate, desperate situation for that following year. And that's where you're stepping in, is to provide that essential help for the kids. I can tell you about a, and this is also what we do, like once those kids get their food, it's so important to have that food and know that they're well nourished. But they need to then also learn just how to play. Because most of their time back at home, it's what are we going to eat? There is nothing here. How are we going to provide for ourselves? So it's, it's very tough. And we live in a broken world. And over there, in and around Mount Moriah, we went for a walk and did a holy home visit. But on the way there, we're passing just, we call it local taverns or things like that, where they make up their own alcohol. They're two 
drink away their pain, which is what, you know, we're all broken. We're no different over there to what we are here. And so they try and, you know, put their pain away by drinking, by drinking. And there's drugs there as well. So that's what's going on in the community. And this is what we don't want our young people involved in. We want them to grow up, to make a, make a difference, to stay with their wives, their first wife that they marry, and not to leave, not to leave um, their wife and to look after their own kids. But they need that support. Um, and with the children, we get there and we visit them. What we've just done recently going out there is just playing with them, supporting them, encourage them, doing craft games with the kids and even with the care workers. I mean, some of the care workers haven't even made, haven't had that opportunity growing up themselves. They're, they've had nothing within their lives, just struggling to survive as well. So I'll tell you a story of just... Um, one of the families that I had visit during our time over in Africa. And it's so common. This year, it was just huge for me, um, the things that God shows you that within so many of our communities, I've met up with young mums that have young families and the husband has walked out or the partner has walked out. And that makes it twice as hard. At least when there's two of you together, somebody can look for food, somebody can look after the kids. So when it's just a wife looked after, left behind, a young mum looking after the children, it's very hard at times to go out and find food or to get work or to, um, yeah, even just work in your plot in the garden that they might have. So Julia was one of these young mums. She had two young daughters, Agnes and Edna, who were a part of our care point. And so she was very grateful that her children could at least go each day and have a meal. They were also there while they were at that care point. The mother could go out and just look for um, work. And they call it peace work, and it's P-I-E-C-E -E that they're talking about. They might get a little bit of work here or a little bit of work there whether it's working in somebody's farm or whether it's just being a maid to somebody else. It just depends in the different areas that they are in. Um, but her husband has left her and for a while she was living with her aunt who was also there and they were supporting one another. But unfortunately since then, her aunt has also passed away. Her own family are miles away, too far for her to travel. She doesn't have the finances to travel to them or get support from them, and they're probably in the same situation. Um, so that's the struggle that she is in. But as she said to me, she said, I know that when I go, that the care workers are there, the children are getting a meal, and that they're also caring for her kids when she can't be there. Because... It has been the case in many situations that the kids used to be left behind and it still goes on now. The mother might leave the kids behind at home, very young ones, because they've got no other option. There might be a neighbour or somebody that might be there to support, but they'll go out into the field so they 
can at least have a crop and have food for the next year. So life is a struggle. And, yeah, so thank you for your support over the years. You can see from even just the photos here that we've given that your support makes a huge difference, but your prayers make a huge difference also. And our care workers that look after these kids, they're volunteers. So they're in similar situations. They've come from similar situations as the kids do. So outside, I've actually got a list of and photos of some of our care workers from Mount Moriah this time for you. So if you can take them and pray for them, they would really appreciate it. And they do the same. It was interesting that during COVID, we were getting contact from care workers on the ground saying, how is everyone going in Australia or in the US or the UK, you know, through the struggles? They understood the, the problems, you know, but to have them also praying for us was a, wow, it's huge. So let us be faithful in praying for them also. Please come up and grab one of those afterwards if you wish. Thank you. Thanks, Jenny. Um, let's just pray for uh, hands and our partnership and the care workers and those 75-plus children that we stand beside um, and lift them up to God. Jesus, we just thank you for hands and the work that they do in Africa. We thank you for the opportunity that you gave us as a community here to partner with and engage in an amazing uh, opportunity to support um, children and care workers and their families in one of the poorest areas. And we just commit that program to you. We commit the care workers to you. We commit the children and their family to you and pray that you would continue to bless them and that you would continue to stir us uh, in the way that we continue to come alongside to see um, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven in that place. And so, yeah, we thank you for, for hands, for the team, and we just continue to uplift them to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we're just going to watch a little video from uh, Panet. Panet and his wife, Shay Pike, uh, lead our church in Cambodia. Shay Pike's just recently uh, had a baby, and so she wasn't uh, up for doing a, a hello video this time. I think that's their number four. Uh, so they're building the church one life at a time. It seems to be a thing with our campus pastors. Um, you know, as we know, Dave has four and Brooke and Tam have five. So it's obviously something in the water for all our campus pastors like to have lots of children. So, But this is Panette, um, a great guy, and uh, they're doing incredible work over there in Cambodia. Hey, Jimmy Su. Uh, hello, my name is Panet, and I am the uh, campus uh, pastor of Kingsway Community Church in Phnom Penh, Cambodia. Greeting to you all from Cambodia and from uh, Kingsway here in Cambodia to Kingsway, Sydney. I am honored uh, to sit here and sharing with you with some of the highlights that the church has been uh, doing this year. As you might have heard, I don't know if uh, Pastor Brett have mentioned to you that starting from January this year, we have led a mission team to one of the local church in uh, this country. And then from this mission trips uh, to help with the dried up church, and now 
we are able to to bring back and reunite uh, the the church back together. And um, just this last weekend, uh, we had our children ministry where our uh, children teachers from uh, the the campus here uh, went down to that province and helped to to start again the children ministries and we just have the graduations for the kids in the province and 39 of them uh, graduate from their uh, English children class just recently and I, I, I am honestly really uh, thankful for your support for your love toward uh, the work that we are doing here because without your support we won't be able to, to do this and right now we're also running Alpha Camp uh, for the youth here in Kingsway Community Church in Plumpen campus and we're going to have our uh, Alpha Camp on the 15th next month which is the more exciting uh, and there's people coming down and we're going to proceed them with the uh, water baptism uh, session so that they can get baptized later as well and again uh, all the support and all the generosity that have been uh, sending over to this country is being used and we have been steward this according to God's will and thank you so much thank you Kingsway Sydney thank you for all the heart that you have for the uh, countries of Cambodia and for Cambodian people here and especially to work in partnering with us through financial support and also like just your mentorship and all the leaderships that you have been pouring into this uh, community as well. Thank you so much and I hope you had a great time in the event over there. God bless you. Bye-bye. If anyone's interested in, uh, we're, we're looking at doing a trip back over there in January um, to do some work with uh, the church there. Um, so we're opening that up if there's people that would like to come for a sort of eight or nine days uh, in January. It's the cooler time of year over there, so it's cool and cooler, not cool, <laughs> and dry. And so if you're interested in um, coming on a trip um, with me uh, in January, let me know. I've got a few takers already, so it should be lots of fun. All right, Steph, why don't you come up? Steph leads our Kingsway Care Platform 9, and she's going to share with us as well. Thanks, Steph. Thank you. Uh, morning, everyone. Uh, so for those that um, don't know me, um, I'm Steph, um, and I'm fiancé to Matthew Bethune, who's here. Um, I'm a mum of two kids and um, a grandmother of two very energetic grandbabies. Um, and I'm also someone that has had lived experience. 20 years of addiction until I, was eight, until I was 32, a survivor of DV and someone who has experienced homelessness. Uh, transforming my life, of course, um, this is no longer my life. And today God has healed me and he's um, created me for such a time as this. Yeah. <laughs> If there is anyone who's struggling with any of that in the room today, just know that we have a team of specialists that are here that you can chat with and um, yeah, take the time to chat with anybody about any of the stuff that might be going on. Um, believe me, it definitely helps. So 
Yeah, so today um, my journey is very different and I have the privilege of serving in God's ministry as the manager of his DV homelessness housing project um, for Kingsway Community Care Platform 9. And I work alongside an amazing team um, and some of them are here and I'd like them to stand up. So Sue, who's our coordinator, Now, she's pretty short, so she, yeah, she might not see her. But, um, yep, that's Sue, our coordinator. Um, Tammy, who's our transitional housing specialist. Chrissy. Chrissy, who is our young women's specialist. Um, Bella, I don't think she's here today, but she's our um, cultural safety specialist. And Corinne, who's not here today either, she's our senior support staff. And then, of course, we've got Kevin, who's our live-in pastoral carer, who's <laughs> over here. Um, yeah, they definitely deserve the raise, round of applause because um, they work really, really hard in this ministry and we're so very blessed to have this team. So, so what does homelessness look like? It's not just the rough sleeper or those impacted by drugs and alcohol or mental health. It's potentially your mother, father, grandmother, grandfather, your auntie, your uncle, your sister, your brother, your child, your neighbour. It's actually potentially you and me. You see, we are only one medical emergency away from homelessness. We are only one paycheck away from homelessness. We are only one increase in these mortgages that can potentially um, set us up for homelessness. Um, so this isn't, um, you know, something that we kind of see out on the streets in Sydney and we see people sleeping rough. This is, this is um, everyday people and they're the people that we see. Um, yeah, so, sorry. Um, yeah, so anyway, the, the story starts like this. Brooke, our senior pastor of Sea Change, saw this. Um, and saw the impact of homelessness um, and it had a call on his life to see people clothed, fed and hosed. And hosed? <laughs> some of them we want to hose. We do want to hose some of them, but it's not really appropriate, but, you know, um, they were housed. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he went on a mission to find a solution, knocking on doors until someone said yes. If you get a chance, you really need to ask him the story because it's, it's, it's yeah, anyway, it's one of Brooke's many out of this world stories. So, um, but it's definitely one worth, worth listening to about the journey that he went on to actually um, find our first um, housing uh, property. Uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, so anyway, the story behind Platform 9's conception is definitely awe-inspiring. Um, our scripture is really, or our foundation is really built on this, Matthew 9, 36. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed, helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. So a door opened and Platform 9 was formed late 2014 to provide adult crisis accommodation for those impacted by domestic and family violence and or homelessness providing intensive case management support, accommodation, therapeutic programs with the aim of supporting people out of homelessness into longer term housing solutions. 
In our first four years, we were in Cars Park and supported a few hundred men and women and families. We needed to move. And uh, we really needed to trust in God that this was his ministry and this was his plan. And, uh, and, and, and he showed up. He showed up that this is actually his plan. And uh, so we needed to move. And so we were provided with a perfect premises in the Sutherland Shire for the next four years. However, we could only accommodate women and women with children at this site. In our first year, there were, we saw a 300% increase in support. And by the time we left in 2022, we had supported 952 women and women and children. We're talking four years. Um, that's a lot of people. Whilst in this premises in the Shire, we opened two more sites in the Georges River, a three-bedroom house for women and children escaping domestic violence in partnership with Georges River Council, and a block of units accommodating six single men in partnership with Hurstville Church of Christ. Yet another move last year, again, we needed to move our women's and women's and children accommodation from the Shire, and again, God provided. This time, we had been blessed with a block of nine units accommodating up to 18 women and women with children in partnership with Club Central. Of course, it didn't stop there. Along with setting up this new site, another partnership was established with Salvation Army, providing transitional accommodation, adding four new properties to our portfolios. These properties provide long-term accommodation one of the properties is for three single women, two for women with, women, uh, women with children, and one for a single male. Then, as we know, Jacaranda Cottage, um, young women's accommodation sadly had to close last year after 30 years of operation. Of course, God had other plans, and the Young Women's Program has reopened very successfully, mind you, again as part of Platform 9 and renamed now the Jackpad. Looking a little different, going from long-term accommodation to support crisis accommodation, just to understand that a little bit different, long-term accommodation, you're kind of looking at 12 to 18 months. Crisis accommodation, you're looking at three months with some options of extensions. So that's kind of the difference in the programs. Uh, yeah, and so joined and... Um, and, and, of course, Chrissy came along and joined our team too with a wealth of experience that she has supporting young women. Platform 9 is now the biggest provider of crisis accommodation in the Sutherland Shire, Georges River, providing the only after-hours accommodation for women and women with children escaping violence. Now, we only have three rooms. And when we're talking after-hours domestic violence, this is like between 4.30 and midnight, um, and we're it. It's just not okay. But anyway, we're there and we're providing it. And of course, it doesn't stop there. When Brooke's involved, houses like literally fall out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> so now, come November 2023, in partnership with Fresh Hope, Housing, we will be opening five single transitional units for women and men in Marrickville. 
bringing our accommodation portfolio to 12 sites. Now, over the years, we've had the privilege of seeing many miracles. Now, I, I, we had, we're, I feel so very blessed that um, I get to see miracles on a daily basis. I, I'm just I'm in a really blessed place. Our whole team is in a really blessed place. And sometimes it feels really challenging with the stuff that we do and we feel like we're not actually making progress. But when you start to have a little look at some of the mustard seed moments, you realise that that's where the gold is. And not always is the end result that they will end up with the house but perhaps that we will be a stepping stone towards change for their lives. So, and, and I see it and I believe it and then I see outcomes. Um, look, I'll tell a quick story. We exited a guy, he was non-compliant and um, we recently exited him a few months back. Um, in, essentially into homelessness. When we say into homelessness, he needed to go to temporary accommodation so he didn't have anything that was reasonably um, permanent. Within months he was rehoused and he now comes back to our, um, we have a soul food event that we run every month and he comes back and he speaks about his time with us as being the catalyst to change and establishing um, a, a solid foundation for him. So um, we, we see um, that even in the midst of sometimes where we, you know, do some things that looks like the doors are closing, in fact, the doors are opening. Um, <coughs> So, yeah, so over the years, we've had the privilege of seeing many miracles. Doors open when everything suggests they shouldn't. Lives transformed in ways that just have us in awe. Families united, addiction, mental health, medical issues healed. People who have been institutionalised, becoming productive members of society. Women not returning to violence. People finding stable employment or studying. Many people coming to the Lord and a number of people baptised. There was a whole season there where we were, especially at Cars Park, where we were um, down in the... Uh, I mean, Matt's going to get annoyed because I call it a notion, but it's probably a river or something. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, there's water there. So the, <laughs> so the water... <laughs> so, Anyway, we took them to the water and we were baptising them. It was such an amazing time just watching people come to the Lord and, and um, yeah, be baptised. Yeah. Um, oh, and we became midwives. We had a woman... <laughs> we had a woman decide she was having the baby right then and there and oof, here we are, midwives. So... I don't think that was in my job description somehow, but, you know. <laughs> so we did. We got to deliver this beautiful baby. And um, uh, what, what a privilege, you know, to see life come in, um, yeah, within that building. And God just, you know, helped through that whole process. So how do we do it? God is at the forefront of all that we do. Our foundation is formed firmly on the Kingsway Church ethos, story, prayer and justice. We have a team of amazing staff and living caretakers that have a real heart for what we do. I, I can honestly say that none of our staff are coming there for the money. 
um, they are actually there because they feel like this is the call in their life. And so we are really, really blessed to have a team like that. We have an administration team um, that is sitting, sitting in the background that is working really hard. We have a, a, an amazing board that supports and encourages us and grows us and, and, and walks alongside us and helps us face some of the challenges that we face on a daily basis. Um, we have Brooke who leads us and guides us and, and shows us um, love in its entirety. He, he, he teaches that very, very well. And as we say, it takes a village. Platform 9 is primarily self-funded, only receiving 30% government funding. We do this to ensure that we are trusting in the Lord and able to maintain his plans for his ministry and his people. This gives us the flexibility to meet people exactly where they are at without being held back by government restrictions. In saying that, we are very much aligned with best practice. We ensure that we are. So we're in the middle of accreditation. We absolutely do all the stuff that, that we need to. But, um, yeah, God's got this, and this is his ministry, and this is why we choose to be primarily self-funded. I want to tell you a little bit of a story um, that actually speaks to this on a whole other level. Um, we currently have a mother who's in one of our services. We partnered with the Salvation Army. This mum had been impacted by DV. She turned to alcohol as a manager of coping um, with her trauma and in turn lost the kids to Child Protective Services. Five kids? Four. Tammy? Uh, five kids. Yeah, she has five kids that, that um, anyway, she lost them to Child Protective Services. She came to P9 and wanted to change and did exactly that. She started fighting for a better life and working on restoration for her kids. But the system challenged her. The system was letting her down. Potentially, look, for restoration, she needed to have a home that would accommodate all her children. That is what Child Protective Services say, Housing New South Wales say, you don't have your children, so we're not going to give you a property that will accommodate your children until we know you're getting your children. So here she is, faced with this dilemma. She goes off to get a job. She starts, she starts working and still realises that she's not going to be able to fin financially find a property with her income to be able to support these children. So by us not being bound by government restrictions, so this is the New South Wales housing suggest if there is a property and it has four bedrooms, there must be four people in that property. It cannot be used for somebody who may be working on restoration. Um, it needs to be filled. So in partnership with the Salvation Army, there was a four bedroom property. We put the mum into that four-bedroom property. She worked really hard for three months, maybe a little bit more, um, on her restoration. Today, she's getting restoration of her kids. And it's all been because we've been able to move outside the guidelines of this New South Wales housing model, but 
only made possible because we are self-funded. Only made possible because of that. It is, um, yeah, it is, it is a real privilege to be able to have this space and to do these things to actually um, bring families together, especially in this way. I had another mum um, of three, homeless, living in her car, came to our services three times. Um, the only property she could ever get when she left were properties that were about to be demolished, short-term leases. So she was never looking at stable accommodation after she left us. So she moves into these properties, then she tries to apply for a number of other properties. She's declined, she's declined, she's declined, she comes back to our service. Uh, last year, I'm saying last year, um, we took this to the minister and um, we said to the minister, this, this needs to change. And she is now fully housed in stable, long-term social housing for her and her children and they no longer need to live in cars. But again, it, it is offered because we have the flexibility that's offered to us because we choose to be self-funded. That's not changing. Our ethos will be what it is. We have a, we have a faithful God and our, our, uh, I think our board's adjusted to the fact that our, or our finance person, that we have a God line, like in our budget there is a God, there's a God line. Like, <laughs> so we put our God line and I think people have adjusted because the God line gets filled, you know. Yeah. So we are more than just a housing project. We provide a place to belong. We're vulnerable people, experience community that creates transformation and aim to support the social, emotional and physical needs of all. I just want to land it here. We're at the front line, but this ministry belongs to all of us. It is not just our ministry. We're doing this stuff. Each and every one of you today um, are a part of this family. And whether you are praying for us or someone's providing cans of food or whether there's a financial contribution or whether you're just coming up and saying to one of our staff, are you okay? That's the stuff that makes the village stronger. And it is so valuable. We do appreciate each and every person. We know, we know, we know that we know that we know like you do when you just know you know God, the same way we know that we know that we know our miracles only happen because there are people in the war room that are praying for us and ensuring that there is a protection over Platform 9. And we feel it, we see it, we know it, and we just thank you all for the contributions that you do make. And, um, yeah, as we say, we cannot do this without you. It is a village, Platform 9, Kingsway Community Care Platform 9 is ours. It belongs to us. Thanks. Thank you, Steph. Let's put our hands together for Steph. Thank you. What a privilege it is to be part of our church, hey? I need my glasses. Are they on? 
Though at a time when I didn't need glasses, and that was awesome. I could look at my phone without needing my glasses, but now and then. Um, yeah, what a privilege it is to be part of our church and um, just the family that are, that are making all this happen. And, and thank you to Hands at Work um, and also the work we're doing in Cambodia. I just want to acknowledge too um, our op shop in Janali, uh, our Sea Change op shop, and acknowledge Taz for all the great work she does. Um, <laughs> leading a team of volunteers. You know, we look at the numbers and we get excited, but unfortunately, I, I don't really care about the numbers, I care about the one. And, um, you know, I still get frustrated. I feel like there's more to do. I feel like there's so much more to do. I feel like our capacity to do good is so much bigger than we could ever imagine. Um, I get so frustrated because I'm on the ground and the things that the easy for us are, you know, the things that we have every day and the things that we, uh, you know, just have in our lives is so, so good. And there are so many that don't have that experience. Um, me and Tammy um, went and visited a lady uh, the other day and uh, a couple of weeks ago she was in one of our, she was in our property and she went to uh, live in her own place in Karingbar and... Um, you know, got her own place, which is amazing. And uh, she was waiting for a fridge to come. And um, she'd ordered it uh, through Vinnie's and it was coming, uh, or one of those are partner organisations. And um, we had a bar fridge that we weren't really using. And I said to Tem, let's take the bar fridge and she can use it until she gets the other fridge. We walked into her house, she just moved in. And, um, and I was able to get a TV as well. And so we got the TV and we put it in the corner. And, um, and I was... And I just put the TV in the corner, put the bar fridge in the thing. Anyway, a couple of weeks later, we went back uh, because her fridge had come. And um, I walked in the room and that same TV was sitting on the floor in the corner and she had no other furniture in the house. And I thought, oh, that's just crap. <laughs> that's just, that's not okay. And I was frustrated with myself because I thought I knew that and I didn't do anything about it. I was frustrated that I got so busy in my life and, you know, things just moved so forward, uh, so quickly sometimes and I, th I should have stopped for a moment and took the time. And, and she's, she's going to be okay and she's, her furniture's coming. But I don't know what it's like for you. Do you go home and sit in a chair in your lounge room? You know, do you sit at your table to have something to eat? You, have you, is your TV sitting on something? <laughs> you know? I went to a guy last week, he was really excited, I got him a new TV, went and set it up, it didn't work, which was a bit disappointing. Um, <laughs> Realised it needed a set-top box. It's a big TV, you know, weighs an absolute tonne. You know, need a trailer to carry this thing around. Took the TV, said to he's got a small flat, here's a guy, you know, hasn't got much, he's in, a, he's in, a, uh, in like a bed sitter, and he's a guy that comes into our shop and... And, uh, you know, he's got his bed sitting there and he's got his, his TV in the corner and I got this TV, put it in there and then we couldn't get it going. Anyway, we got a set-top box and got it. Does everyone know what a set-top box is? Have you seen one of these things? Who's still got a set-top box? Anyone in this room? Right, not many people. So we set this set-top box up and, um, and we got the channels. Yes! And um, he was so stoked. He comes in, he comes and sees me at Sea Change most weeks. He goes, Brooke, oh, how's the TV going? 
goes, oh, it's going really good. I get all the channels and stuff. He says, but they're not really in order. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I need to. But all these little simple things, and I see, you know, we've still got so many people who live in our community who still don't live at the level that you live on. In fact, they're so far away from where you are. And we as a church, like, are called by God to serve the most vulnerable in our community. This is, this is exactly what we were born for. This is what the church should be known for. This is what, we should, be, what should be talked about. And, and this is what it means to be part of this family. And it's like we don't, we, don't, we don't subcontract the responsibility of serving the poor out to other people. All the subcontractors are in the room. Thank you, I will. Um, <laughs> there are things that practically stir my heart and I, I have these experience and these face-to-face experiences, um, which, which I love to do, and, and the team do an amazing job, but I, I love to still get my hands dirty and be on the front line um, and be a part of what we do. Um, I have my foot in both camps. I live in Kingsway Care World, and I also live in Church World, which is a good balance for me because it makes me understand the practical, but also helps me apply the spiritual. Um, and I just want to read a scripture to you, which is which has come to my heart. Um, I suppose this is the, I suppose the thing that motivates me from both of those spaces. Um, I love the scripture you read from James. Um, you know what what is what is the thing that God really wants from us? If we were to narrow it all down and think, what's is the thing that puts a smile on His face? What's the thing that draws him to a place where he looks at us and he goes, that's, that's what I'm talking about. When he talks about worship and he talks about gathering and what the church is called to, he goes, yeah, that, that's it. That, that's, what, that's what I'm talking about. What is he talking about? And Isaiah 58 talks a little bit about this. Now, this is a group of people that were, were good at doing religious activities and fasting and doing or going and meeting and doing all those things. And the Lord gives a uh, prophecy to Isaiah to speak to the people of Judah and cuts through all that and says, all this religious activity is not really the stuff that really I'm talking about. It's not really what matters. And if you go to Matthew 25 and it talks about in the end when you get the sheep and the goats and he goes, what's the thing that matters to God? What does he say? For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. They were the things that really mattered in the end. And so we read this chat um, in Isaiah 58. And the Lord encourages Isaiah to, to, to really rebuke these people and it starts off by saying he says shout with a voice the trumpet blast he's saying I want you to say this from the rooftops I want everyone to hear this I want it to cut to the heart I want them to feel what I feel I want them to understand this message he says shout aloud don't be timid tell my people Israel of their sins yet they act so pious they come to the temple every day and seem delighted to learn all about me don't you love this uh, they act like a righteous nation that would never abandon the laws of its God. They ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending they want me, uh, they want to be near me. 
We have fasted before, they say. Why aren't you impressed? We have been very hard on ourselves and you don't even notice. I will tell you why, respond. It's because that you are fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarrelling? This fast, this kind of fast, fasting, will never get you anywhere with me. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance, bowing your heads like reeds bending in the wind. You dress in your burlap and cover yourselves with ashes. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think this is what pleases the Lord? No, this is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind you. It says this, and this is the call of Kingsway Care. This is the call of our church. Share food with the hungry. Give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. It's very complicated, isn't it? You know, know, if you weren't listening to me, you would have missed it. Share food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless and give clothes to those who need them. What's the mission of our church? Food, clothes and shelter. That's amazing, isn't it? How did we come up with this stuff? Like you think about Maslow's hierarchical needs, like this is the, this is the common ground of going, this, this, every human on the planet should have somewhere to live, should have a bed to live in, should have a TV that doesn't need a set-top box, should have a lounge to sit in, should have clothes on their back, food to eat, These are just basic things. This is not even stretching us. These are just things that people should have, not because we're being nice, because it's God's call on his church. This is what we're made for. And so this is is what we need to do, you know, and we need to dig deep, dig, 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 dig deep and hose people. That was the baptism day. <laughs> uh, we all have more capacity than I think we realise. Um, and, you know, we, we make room, you know. Uh, how do we do that? I don't know, maybe I think about the amount of money we, send, we spend on food for ourselves already, the amount of money we spend on ourselves to house ourselves. Um, the amount of money we spend on our own clothes, our food, our clothes and our shelter. There's a lot of stuff there. But there's margin for us, for others. And so we're going to give you an opportunity to give today. There's three ways you can do that. And I, I, want, I want us all to participate. Can I just say that amongst our team and our staff, uh, we've already, so our goal is to raise 50,000. We've already committed to raise 10,000 amongst ourselves, Right? So there's three ways you can do this. You can give right now. You can give your whole amount. So you can give that $50,000 right now. (laughs) 
So our goal is $50,000. That means that we can continue to support the 75 children in hands of work. We continue our commitment to uh, the work that we're doing in Cambodia and also Kingsway Care. So what you can do, three ways. The first way you can do is that you can give right now. You can scan that QR code that you're looking at right now and you can scan and do that uh, right now. You can commit to just a little bit every week, a cup of coffee, a trip to the movies, whatever it is that you want to give on a weekly basis. But we want you to start your commitment now. We want you to get into the discipline of actually giving to the poor and the marginalised and the vulnerable. We want you to start that process now. So you can say, look, you know what? I can't give everything I can today, but I want to start by giving and I'm going to give over the next certain period of time. You can do that. Or if you think right now, I've got some money coming in, I'm about to receive a $5 million inheritance in a couple of days, and you're not ready to give today, then what we want you to do is want me to say, you know what, our, our, is that you, Rowan? Is you receiving that? You never know. Um, you might, so you, you can make a pledge today. But the thing with the pledges is that I want you to know you can pledge within the next few months. We don't want this pledge to go on for 45 years. So we want to say, you know, we'll commit, but we just want to, we're going to commit for the next couple of months that we'll put a pledge in. Okay, we're going to give you a moment to do that right now. Um, just take time to do that. And give you, I'm going to invite the band up. If you need help accessing your account, just let me know. I'll come and help you. <laughs> I'll give you Brett's account details. <laughs> Let's all stand. And more time. Take time. Shaz said to me, if we don't reach our $50,000 goal, we're going to have to keep doing combined services until we reach our goal. So there'll be missions every week until we get there. So we might need to invite some other people to come. I'm going to pray. Give thanks for today. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the invitation. Thank you that you invited us into this journey of giving. You invited us in this journey of mission and serving the most vulnerable people in our community here, but also beyond. We welcome you, Jesus, to continue to do a work in our hearts. We welcome you, Jesus, to to start with us and work in us and through us for the benefit of others. We welcome you, Lord. And I just give you thanks, Lord. I give you so much thanks and praise for what you did already, what you are doing 
and what you will do in the future. Lord, thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh. You are provider, and we declare that in this place. There will always be provision with you, Lord, and we thank you for that. Lord, thank you that you are our shepherd, and we shall not want. So good, Lord. So good to know that we're never going to be in want because you're a good shepherd. And so, Lord, we, we thank you for that and we honour you and you praise you. Lord, we thank you for this church. Thank you that for what we have together. And uh, we, we bless you today and we thank you for how we're going to really advance our mission today through our giving in Jesus' name. Amen.